listening to the Kunstler Cast, an audio program about the tragic comedy of suburban sprawl. I'm your host, Duncan Crary, and each week I bring you another conversation with James Howard Kunstler, author of The Geography of Nowhere and The Long Emergency. Today's topic, drugstores. Well, Jim, welcome to your inaugural episode of the Kunstler Cast. Nice to be here, Duncan. I understand that you're recovering from some traumatic oral surgery. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. I had a wisdom tooth extracted about 40 years after it should have come out. And you go in there and, you know, it's actually pretty cool. They give you the IV sedative cocktail, you know, which is like drinking about 17 martinis. Uh, you know, you turn on the iPod and you start listening to uh, UB40 or, or you yeah. know, something. And before you know it, it's, it's all over and here I am. I'm semi-coherent. Yeah, so basically you should have stoned to your first uh, concert cast. I'm about one-third in the bag, but, you know, I'm functioning relatively well. Yeah, well, our, our listeners, and, and that includes me, appreciate that. Thank so. you. Throughout this uh, program series, we're going to be talking about the catastrophe of suburbia, the end of the cheap uh, fuel fiasco, uh, and other... Fiesta. 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 And uh, other... Although it has produced a fiasco. And lame-brained architecture, among other lame-brained ideas. So, look, you can't have this conversation without talking about ubiquitous drugstores and their disposable architecture. And I, I, I was showing you this article here. It's from my local newspaper. And it's about, I, I won't name the drugstore, but fill in the blank. Said drugstore is purchasing the last historical building in the suburban town near, near my city. They're going to knock it down and they're going to build a drugstore. However, there happens to be the same identical company drugstore, like two blocks down the road. So, what's going on? Do these are they just trying to take over the world, or what? Are, what are these drugstores doing to our environment? Well, you know, they're trying to maximize their operations mm-hmm. and along a certain economies of scale, yeah. which are gigantic, yeah. uh, meaning that they try to spread themselves out as as much as possible and. Yeah. And and grow incessantly and continually by putting up new ones. Yeah, and they don't care if it, which ones go out of business, right? They sort of do battle with their other competitors on every intersection in, in our town. Oh, sure. They don't even care if their own go out of business in other locations because they're just write-offs. Well, one of the main problems with these buildings, not only do they occupy really valuable corners of our communities, but they throw up what you've called disposable architecture, right? These buildings are meant to last 20 years tops? Well, you know, the interesting thing is people are very confused about uh, two different things. One is, you know, the programming, which is the drugstore business. But the other one is the container that the programming is in. And, you know, you can go to plenty of other places in the world where they have wonderful buildings that contain this programming. It doesn't bother anybody. Nobody complains. Right. You know, the programming goes in. Before, before there was a drugstore in that location, there was something else. Now, you know, be, because of the, uh, the sort of throwaway culture we live in, it's more uh, convenient for these big chains to just tear down what, what is ever there and put up their own special purpose-built box with all of the things in the right place so yeah. that the building is sort of pre-programmed as it, you know it, it is a, a machine for dispensing goods yeah it, it's not even a building right it just happens to come in a form that resembles a building so they don't want to these, these companies don't want to rehab you know old buildings because they can't put their aisles of you know candy bars exactly where they want them to maximize our 
psychology to buy this crap, right? I mean, yeah, basically, if there's a wonderful historic building that has, you know, 9,000 square feet of space and only, you know, the, the, the drugstore needs 9,402 square feet of space, yeah. they'd rather knock down the historic <laughs> building just to get exactly the right amount of space. Yeah, I've actually, there was a case in Albany, New York, where there was a, a drugstore was purchasing an old school building, and next to the school building was a vacant lot. And rather than rehab the school building and use the vacant lot as a parking lot, they wanted to knock down the school building for their parking lot build their building in the vacant lot. I mean, this, yeah, this is what they do. I've heard you speak to audiences before about uh, the fear of gentrification, uh, you know, and, and also just mom and pop stores versus big chain corporations coming to town. And you advise the crowd, look, don't try to fight to keep these companies out, right? You need to fight to get them to either rehab historic buildings or sometimes better yet, just build a building that has some Actually, use. Actually, the point I was making back then was about 12 degrees uh, off of that. It was really a matter of, you know, we were getting a lot of um, substantial new downtown infill buildings in Saratoga Springs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were complaining that the new tenants were The Gap or Eddie Bauer. Right. And what I, what I was saying to them about that was, you know, don't worry about the programming on the first floor. What you got to worry about is the quality of the building mm -hmm. because... Time will go by, the decades will go by, and those chain stores will leave. They won't be there anymore. And then something else will be there, possibly even a locally owned store, because, you know, our economy will be changing. Right. The national chains will, will begin to have their problems with their business equations, and in particular, operating at the economies of scale that they enjoy, meaning, you know, economies of scale, uh, what it really means is making an operation so big that you can avoid a lot of redundancies and that you can really pare down your costs. Because, for example, it's, it's economical for you to ship anything 3,000 miles. Right. That'll be coming to an end when, by necessity, we'll have to construct these more local and regional networks of, of commerce. Mm -hmm. And things won't be coming from so far away. Yeah, well, it seems like they've done a pretty good job here in Saratoga Springs, you mentioned, with, with insisting that these uh, companies build attractive buildings that respect the, the streetscape. And Well, yes and no. For the most part, yeah. Although um, the most unsuccessful one in recent years was a drugstore. <laughs> and yeah. it was pretty close to the center of downtown. The town officials were uh, insisting that the building be a two-story building, you know, more than a one-story box. Yeah. Uh, and that something else, you know, some other activity should go on the upper floor. And the drugstore chain was just fighting this and fighting this and fighting it for years. You know, they had deep pockets. They had, they had enough lawyers to keep the town officials doing Chinese fire drills until the end of time. Yeah. So, they, you know, they didn't really care how much time this took. Uh, and the outcome of the building was really peculiar. Instead of getting a two, you know, a normal two-story building with a drugstore on the ground floor and an office or something upstairs, yeah. they 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 got they put the the drugstore uh, like half a, a half a story up, half a story <laughs> above grade, and then half a story below grade. They put two other retail things, and then yeah. they put sort of a dummy second floor on that doesn't really have anything in it. Yeah. 
It, it was a completely half-assed building. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, ma- it made your eyesore of the month, I think, uh, yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, and, and it was completely inconsistent, really, with the historic pattern. They did manage to build a building that was two stories uh, high, yeah. but, but in the process, uh, you know, they did every peculiar thing they could possibly do to make it look <laughs> abnormal. Yeah, it's, it seems like they're trying to do yeah. this on purpose. And the, and, you know, and the other thing is, is that the, the businesses that are located half a story below grade really aren't doing that well. Yeah. Because they're in kind of a dismal place. The, um, the, the, the stairway leading down to them is always encrusted with ice. Yeah. And people don't feel safe going down there. And so, yeah. You know, for any number of reasons, it was a dumb outcome. And it was interesting to see how um, the, the city guys could – they simply could not get these these people to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, but the, these companies do not want to be landlords. I mean, no. you, you look at the super these supermarkets, um, these huge one story buildings. You know, you could put residence residential space above it, especially in the downtowns when they build them downtown. They don't want to be landlords, though. Right? Nobody does. You know, n- neither neither do the municipal people. You know, one of the interesting things, if you if you go back in history and look at some of the interesting buildings of yesteryear one in particular comes to mind is um madison square garden the old madison square garden in new york city which was essentially you know a sports venue Mm -hmm. but it was built within the confines of a normal city block the building envelope actually came out to the edge of the sidewalk like a normal manhattan building and so you have this basically a sports arena with stuff on the uh, ground floor and normal retail all along on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so clearly um, the Madison Square Garden Company at the time was willing to do this, but they also enjoyed benefits from it. They got a tremendous amount of rents right. you know, from being there on you know, 8th Avenue or wherever they were, were right. and, and from businesses wanting to locate there and pay substantial rents for the storefronts. We could have done the same thing for the city center in, in Saratoga Springs, the Pepsi Arena uh, in, um, or whatever the heck it is, the yeah. Times Union Arena, they change the name all the time, in Albany, could have been a normal building with with some retail around the edge, but that's just not how we do it anymore. Yeah. It, we, everything is zoned in a, in a monocultural way, Yeah, and there's no expectation that you're going to mix anything up. Uh, let's jump ahead. What's going to happen to these buildings in the future after the, the cheap oil fiesta is over? Well, first of all, let let me state my serene conviction that we are not going to be building that that many more of these things. America is so unbelievably over-retailed. We don't need a single extra silver souvenir spoon shop in this country. <laughs> you know, we don't need anything more. But, you know, there'll be a few sort of twitchings of a few things that were permitted in 2005 and are just now getting into the ground. Yeah. So, uh you know, what is the destiny of these places? Um, you know, as far as I can see, the most likely thing is as salvage. Yeah. Because uh, we don't, we're, we, you know, we're not going to need that many evangelical roller rinks. <laughs> uh, they're not going to really work out that well for homeless shelters no. because they're too far, really, from the centers of town. And they're really, they're not designed to last very long. No, right? and they're, you know, they're just sort of tilt up buildings that were meant to be there for 25 years and then they're gone. Yeah. We're going to be getting far fewer uh, expensive fabricated building materials as the oil age dwindles away. Because, you know, 
All these things like panelized aluminum and, uh, you know, those metal sashes around the windows and the enormous amount of glass and stuff that we use in the quantities that we use them in and all the synthetic um, uh, materials made out of petroleum are going to become scarcer and scarcer. And if we, you know, we're going to be reusing a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think you can expect these stores to be disassembled uh, you know, not too far down the line and probably before the actual end of their design life. Okay, so I, I'm Joe Schmo. I live in town. I'm sick of all these uh, stupid drugstores coming in. What can I do now to to stop this so that we aren't left with this crap? Well, as I said, I you know, I really think that we're at the end of the meta cycle yeah. of the suburban project. And uh, that we're going to be building really far fewer uh, mm-hmm. additional stuff. We have so much retail. We don't need any more. Uh-huh. And the national chains themselves are going to start running into very serious trouble with their business equations, you know, with their huge, uh, you know, continental supply lines and getting all their merchandise from 12,000 miles away and yeah. And uh, the the just-in-time inventory system that depends on the incessant circulation of tractor-trailer trucks all around the country. Right. So the whole system of doing this is going gonna, is gonna to change. So can I sum it up for the end of our show? Just hang tight because these, these things are on the way out. Well, they may be operating for a while, but we're not going to be building a whole lot more of them. And I think there, there will be far fewer battles over that. But, you know, by definition, if, you know, if there are fewer applications to build new ones. Well, Jim, thanks a lot for talking with me today. Uh, you did pretty, pretty well for being stoned. Uh, well, thanks a lot. I, I think I'll now just uh, do a header on the floor and someone will scrape <laughs> me up and put me on the sofa for the rest of the afternoon. You've been listening to the Kunstler cast featuring James Howard Kunstler. To leave a listener comment, call toll-free at 866-924-9499. Send email to letters at kunstlercast.com. You can download episodes of this program and read transcripts at kunstlercast.com. I'm your host, Duncan Crary. Thanks for listening.